the Russian thing. Kind of crazy to think that they could weaponize our information like that. Right? And I find it funny all of a sudden America's talking about Russia, Russia, Russia when you sold our information to the national bankers you've been spying on us since 9-11 with the Patriot Act. What the hell are you talking about? See, I don't get into that nonsense. Russia, calm down. Let's go back over here. America, what the hell are you doing? What have you been doing? You've been spying on us with all social media platforms since the very first one called Six Degrees. That's before MySpace, before Photo Bucket was added to MySpace, before Facebook, before Instagram, before all of those, America sold the access to the minds of the people to vested interest groups, private corporations, the military, the CIA, and the FBI, that we could be investigated in a way where we would accept, infiltrated in a way where we would accept. You point to Russia? Hold on. When it comes to America, I'm looking at what you have done to the people here. They always want to have us look at some boogeyman out there. You the boogeyman. Your policies that have been very detrimental to the freedoms of the American people, white, black, and everyone all in between. We have violated all of the constitutional rights of the people on a consistent basis and saying it's for the greater good. I live my life free of compromise. Step into the shadow with some complaint of regret. Rorschach. Thank you. 
is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We have to go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Thoughts and scando-ass women should not be tolerated. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. You're goddamn right. Jersey Judah back once again with another episode, another edition, um, Sunday evening edition. All right. And as promised from last night's episode, we're going to go through some more information on the Tate brothers, their situation, um, still being detained and all that other fuckery along with other things. You know what I'm saying? We got we got some things to go over. We got over like 33 minutes of content to um, narrate in my own special way. But hey, man, once again, I'm back. Jersey Judah, another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. And like I said, man. Did something earlier today. Um, like I said, CLR, Bruce Rivers, talks more about um, Andrew's, Andrew Tate's situation. Um, we have AJ's rants and reactions, why you should never date a woman in human resources, a.k.a. HR. Then there's another channel. I'm not going to even pronounce it. I'm just going to spell it out. B-E-U. 
T-T-O-B-E-U-T-T-O on YouTube, and it's a video that is called The Mating Crisis, Why the Dating Market is Doomed, all right? In and off the weekend, of course, with the episode as usual, this weekend has been good. I mean, every weekend, as long as I as long as I got some herb, it's 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 pretty good. I've been playing. Uh, I think I brought this up before. I think it's Ghost Recon. I don't know Ghost Recon um, Breakpoint or Breaking Point. I've been playing that, and I've been playing. Um, uh, Watch Dogs, two. Watch Dogs two, and I bought the uh, DLC for that. Um, Ubisoft is low key, I guess, my favorite developing company because most of the games that I have is pretty much made from Ubisoft. But um, yeah, the weekend's been pretty chill for me. You know, I mean, didn't get a chance to do much. Friday, of course, as I brought up before from working. Uh. This week is supposed to be busy work-wise, so I'm thinking I'm going to break everything down like I did last week, which is doing um, two segments and just putting them putting them together for one episode. I mean, that's probably the best I can do. If I don't do that, then I'll pretty much just be going through one or two videos. Typically, I try to go through at least three. Try to go through uh, three, you know, videos, something to react to. I do have to get back to uh, to my articles, man. I used to look up a lot of articles. I may start doing that again. But, you know, shout out to you guys for listening, man. We are close to 2,000. We are already close to 2,000 listens. Salute to the people that's been listening. Uh, definitely appreciate it. But let's not waste any time. Let's jump right LR Bruce Rivers. He's going to be going over uh, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate's situation and what to expect going forward. So without further ado, let's get this shit started. Hi, this is Bruce Rivers. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Criminal Lawyer Reacts. I'm Bruce Rivers, board-certified criminal defense lawyer. I know, what did I say? I said I'm board-certified. Wait a second. Um, you want to see my board certification? Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Can you pop that up on the screen? Yeah, there we go. It's right here. I'm board certified. I'm a board certified by two different bodies. Let's see. They're right up on my wall. It's a National Board of Trial Advocacy, which is a very difficult thing to get. And I'm also with the Minnesota State Bar Association. But before we do that, this is brought to you by esign.com and yeah right then and there you guys already know what it is we gotta skip through the ads you know what i'm saying niggas ain't paying me i ain't paying nobody else's ads by the way fair use fair use well let's talk about the incel known as a dylan madden Bruce, who acts as if he's 100% fact-based, has been exposed. The video he used as source against Andrew Tate was deceptively edited to push a narrative. Push a narrative. What's my narrative? What's my narrative? That he self-snitched? That he did this? I mean, I, there's nothing I said in my video that wasn't true. 
And if you don't believe I'm a lawyer, look, go to www.riverslawyers.com and call me up. My telephone number is 612-339-3939. Call me up. You can find out that I'm a real lawyer. I try real cases, and I kick some real ass. All right, so I guess the fans, the Andrew Tate fanatics, for people who don't know, that's where the term fan comes from, fanatic. So if you're a fan of someone, that means you're crazy about them. You're obsessed with them. You are a fanatic. I am supporters of individuals. I do not. I'm not a fanboy. I'm not buying courses and programs. No. If someone has something meaningful to say, then I think other people should know about it. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Tate fans, the Tate fanatics are attacking this guy and everything he is saying is correct. Um, everything that the worst, the worst person in Andrew's corner is Andrew. I've already talked about this. He snitched on himself repeatedly in the past of things that he's currently in trouble for today. If you don't think those old videos are going to bite him in the ass later on, you are very much so delusional. But everybody wants to talk about, you know, this guy. But if he's a criminal lawyer, I mean, what other who else would you want to hear the information from? And I'm not I'm not boosting this guy directly, but he's a criminal lawyer. You know, what I'm saying like what he's saying is going to stick more than a nigger around the corner who don't know shit about the law. You see what I'm saying? But even even within the last, well, not the last video, the video I did last night, two episodes back, right? You're dealing with Romania. This isn't America. So whatever laws that's known in this country doesn't mean shit in another country. So I don't know. I remain neutral, but let's let's continue to hear what is going on. Dylan. Anyway, I'm not going to assume, but, but this is kind of funny. We're going to we're gonna react. I haven't seen this. Pierce Morgan, sometimes I think he's effective. Sometimes I think he's a tool. But it doesn't matter what I think. Let's hear what his lawyer had to say. Tristan, I mean, held as part of an investigation into rape and human trafficking. Well, speaking of like cool, Andrew Tate said he's done nothing wrong. Now, remember, as he's walking out of there, that's like December 29th or something like that. A few days later, guess what? His Bugatti, his Bugatti is begone. <laughs> uh, just a little, just a little biased, you know. <coughs> just a little biased of this criminal lawyer, but hey, he has his opinion. You know, every like I said, man, like the one video that this guy did of Andrew Tate was legendary because he put he pretty much laid down all of the previous videos that Andrew Tate made about the web the webcam business and getting the women and how he manipulates women. Like it's all on camera. And it's very difficult because the first excuse that, you know, somebody like him would use is that it's only a character. Well, you know, art is imitating a life a little bit too much. So now all of these things are going to stick. So, yeah, they came in, seized his, seized his money. I think it was like four mil. 
something like that. Or maybe it was like 44. I don't know. Seize his money, seize his assets. They're holding him there because of all of these allegations that's coming from the women. So that gives them the excuse. Is that the main objection of getting them uh, detained? No. They're going to go for tax evasion. Uh, tax evasion. They're going to go for money laundry. And they're trying to link the Tate brothers to organized crime. I'm innocent. Is he in charge? Well, is still with me. Plus, joining me now is the lawyer for the Tate brothers, Tina Glandon, who is in Romania. Well, welcome to. Uh, now, Tina Glandon is, uh, you know, she got her chops as they were representing Mike Tyson and uh, uh, Chris Brown. We know how those came out, but let's see what she has to say. And we really appreciate you joining me. Where are we with this case? It seems that every now and again, this pops up back on television with them being remanded for further time. How long can that process continue before a charging decision is made? Hey, Pierce, what color is your Bugatti? Under Romanian law, they have up to 180 days, which is in 30-day increments. So every time there's a 30-day detention order, they're allowed to renew their request and have it extended for an additional 30 days. But all right, that's wow. something I didn't know. So every wow. 30 days, they get, you know, it's for up to 180 days, so six months. And but they- now, you guys remember, I thought it was only 90 days. I only thought it was three months that they were allowed to hold somebody. But it ended up being 180 days. But it's got to be reviewed every 30 days. To exceed 180 days. Okay. You've taken on this case. Andrew Tate has been repeatedly uh, bellowed. And she was added to his team. And I told you, I told you that he was going to either add or change lawyers. In his innocence, as he's been led in and out of, of these uh, court hearings and so on. Do you believe them? Do you believe that he and his brother are innocent? At this point, Pierce- it's such a it's such a backhanded question to ask because, of course, she's going to say yes, or in this case, she may not go along with the trap. Of course, if you represent them, you're supposed to say that you believe them. Yeah, you know I mean, this is the like media media bullshit. They've had this investigation going since April. We're now February, and there are not even charges filed against them. So this is a huge injustice the way we see it. They should not be detained at this point. We think it's now crossed over to the point where it's violating international human rights law. So she actually has a point there. They haven't been detained since April, so the the investigation itself can go on for whatever length. But they've been detained for almost 60 days now, right? And so... Remember when I told you in our system, you know, within 36 hours, you have to see a judge, 36 to 48 hours, depending upon where you are. And so and you're entitled to bail. You're entitled to to know what you're accused of. And I I kind of agree with her on this. Because the deprivation of of your liberty pre-trial is the most severe form of punishment a state can impose. And that's what they've done in this case. And they've had a very lengthy investigation with the government's resources. They've been. Uh, analyzing and looked at, looking at all of their devices since April when they seized everything. Now, it would be a real travesty of justice. It, I mean, let's let's say for the sake of argument that they don't find anything and that he's never charged with a crime. He'll be bigger than ever. Bigger than ever. 
And here's the problem, though. That's probably not going to happen. When you got... And he should probably know this. If you're on camera talking about evading taxes and you're talking about taking money out of other taxpayers for the webcam business and it's on camera, there's going to be issues. There's going to be some form of consequences. Like I stated before, I'm not backtracking. I'm keeping this very neutral, but if you ask me, regardless of how I feel about Tate, do I think Tate is responsible for literally trafficking, kidnapping, beating up, raping, sexually assaulting women? Absolutely not. That's just my personal opinion. The tax shit, yeah, they got him. And the only person to blame in this situation would be Andrew Tate himself. Because he will be this martyr against the Matrix, right? The Matrix. So the Matrix is out to get everybody. And here we are, February, and charges aren't filed. So I think there's absolutely no evidence that's been presented. And Part of that's not true. There's some evidence that's been presented to the court. That's our position. What is the, I mean, how are your clients at the moment? How is Andrew Tate dealing with incarceration? I mean, I interviewed him just before Christmas. We had a long, wide-ranging interview. Yes. And once again, I was struck by the phenomenal following that he has online, particularly with young men. Let's be honest. Like, when he first had Andrew Tate, he thought Andrew Tate was going to buckle. And Andrew Tate, you know, fought back verbally. You know what I mean? Logically, right? The second time um, Pierce Morgan had Tate on there, they were pretty much buddy-buddy. And there was coming a time, there was times where Pierce Morgan even defended Tate. Not with this current situation, but when it comes to being considered toxic masculinity and shit like that. So, you know, media is very much so theater, WWE, it's wrestling, Good media, bad media, real news, fake news. And I think a lot of these people just play characters. Outside of Andrew Tate. I'm talking about media. We know you guys are following. And you're watching me too. I'm not all of you, but... but, uh... Here's the thing. I don't really have it out for Andrew Tate. I think he's a little tasteless. You know, he could be a little more, I don't know, a little less bravado. And I'm not jealous of him. I mean, I like who I am. But I also don't like injustice. So even if he's guilty of everything he said, if they can't prove it, they shouldn't, he shouldn't be dealing with it. Um, how's, how is he faring right now, given that at the moment he's in this limbo land of no charging, but being held... Uh, in incarceration. The brothers are both very strong. They're resilient and they're holding up, but obviously um, the conditions are not good. They're in a Romanian jail cell and they've been detained for a very lengthy period at this point. They have limited access to their attorneys. Um, it's it's not a good condition for them. You and and as be... far as... Sorry. Please finish. I was going to say, to your second point, they're controversial public figures, but that's not a crime. And at this point, we have not been provided any proof that they've committed any crimes, nor have they even been charged. So I would ask that people presume them innocent as they are. And that's a good point. That's a fair point. 
You're always innocent until proven guilty. And I really... And look, I'm just going to be honest and just say it straight up. I mean, this is a chess move, a good chess move played by by the Tate brothers, getting a female, a known female who's represented uh, Chris Brown and whoever the fuck this nigga said that uh, she represented. Oh, Mike Tyson. My bad. Um, it's a power move. It's a strategy move, right? But... Like I stated before, I thought it was only 90 days. It's it's going to end up being six months. So, yeah, they're camping. They're camping out right now. They're trying to find whatever they can. Because, look, man, this nigga was talking reckless about uh, Romania as well. You know what I mean? There's videos of him talking reckless about Romania, you know, how he runs it. You know, the, the gangster shit. The gangster shit on his level, and see, this is something. This is something people should think about, right? <clears throat> you have their government doing an investigation on him since last April, I think they mentioned. Okay, so throughout this investigation, it had to break down to the videos and a lot of the content that he's already been putting out, right? Niggas talking about all of the extra shit, right? Niggas will talk about the extra shit publicly. Like comparing Andrew Tate, like he's he's he self snitched on himself the way that rappers do. And they already had an investigation on him for a year. And like I stated before, that investigation goes along with everything that he's been putting out on the internet. Whether these motherfuckers take it as satire or him playing a character or they take him being quote unquote top G and all this other shit. He was mentioning mafia and all this other crazy shit. They're going to take all that shit serious as well. Because once again, this isn't the United States we're talking about. seized his money, took his cars, and really got them niggas in there camping. They're really in there camping. Don't like the fact that they've been held without charging for 60 days. I mean, that that's a little disconcerting. Do they feel that they are being tried in the court of public opinion? I think, I think the public is divided, as you know. I think they have a big following, but at the end of the day, yes, I think there is a lot of information in the public. I think there's a lot of false allegations in the public. I think some evidence has now been put forth. Again, I don't want to comment too much on the facts of the case since there is an ongoing criminal investigation. However, I think there has been evidence put out, um, videos and other statements for the public to see what the uh, supposed state of the evidence actually no, actually, I kind of like the way she's presenting this. She's presentable. She doesn't come off as boisterous. And she comes off as very factual and knowledgeable and, and a strident advocate for her client. 
So and this is an example of a really good lawyer. He's continued to tweet. Is he doing that himself? Has he got people doing that for him? And how do you feel from a legal point question. of view? Is it, is it a wise tactic to continue to do that on social media when you're being held in custody by the Romanian authorities? Well, again, he doesn't have access, so he's not doing anything directly. And what's being put out is is on his accounts. And I'm not going to speak as to you know the source of, of the... She's not going to speak to the source. You know why? She's not going to, because anything that's out there can be used against him. So if she attributes those words to Andrew Tate, well, they can use it against him. Posts and what's being put out, but I think, again, as of now, he's not charged with anything and uh, he's free to comment. I know that they seized uh, nearly three and a half million pounds in cash, 11 luxury sports cars, Yikes. guns, and other weapons. Yikes! 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 Mission failed. One more time, she's. Mission failed. Cash, cars, Glocks, choppers, you know. Yo. Like, just imagine, like. Because, like, I got to keep reminding motherfuckers. People wonder why these motherfuckers are being held. Listen, it's not America over there. It's not America. Then you put into the account of what these niggas could have possibly dug up online. Tie that into the allegations from these bitches. Tie that into the fact that they seized 11 sports cars, mad cash, mad guns. Come on. Actually, they were taken another five vehicles like i think they like 15 or 16 vehicles and almost four million uh, in cash four million or any other things that have been seized from the property are they in themselves acts of law breaking just the possession of any of these things so on that note if i'm running a criminal organization and i buy a rolls royce and i buy it with the proceeds from that criminal organization that Rolls Royce is now product of ill-gotten gains, so you can, so that can go bye-bye. Otherwise, forfeitable. Again, this is the most severe form of punishment. I don't think it's justified under these circumstances where the prosecution hasn't set forth ev- enough evidence to charge them, and yet they are detained. Uh, and it's one of the dangers in making statements like this is that you can wind up eating your words. So, you know, this has been an ongoing investigation. They would have charged him by now. These are not easy charges to present. They're complicated. But you do accept, of course, that if the women who've come forward here as part of the investigation, if they're telling the truth, these are very serious allegations against your clients, which could lead to charging. And if they led to charging, could lead potentially to long prison sentences if found guilty. Certainly the, the crimes at issue are very serious crimes. And I think, Pierce, actually, it was on your show when you interviewed Tate several months ago. He made very strong statements about his position on rape, and he condemned rape. He may have condemned rape, but he said in his own videos, he's made different statements at other times that totally contradict these this very public thing that he said he said it was 
disgusting was I'm pretty sure the word he used and he said he thought that somebody who does that deserves a death penalty so there's no question that you know I remember seeing this guy was convicted and he said I didn't do this and the judge said well you didn't do this but who do you the person who did do this what, what do you think that person should get and he looked at the judge well he should get uh, life in prison or whatever he said and the judge gave him exactly what he said so when you say that kind of thing you can eat <laughs> your own words Yikes. These are serious charges, and even in his own words, they're very serious charges. There just isn't any evidence that they committed these crimes. But you know, we've also had... All right, that's not true. There's you got his own admission, and then you have these statements from these women. That's going to be questioned. You know, that obviously, they're going to be cross-examined. You're going to have other women... I guarantee you he's going to have women supporters that are going to come and testify on his behalf. There have been various tapes have surfaced in part of media investigations in the last few weeks, including Andrew Tate talking about rape to a woman in a pretty unsavory manner. So, <laughs> Savory. First of all, he's <laughs> Unsavory matter. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. Yikes. Can I just tell you something? There's no fucking tape anymore. They're recordings. And these were uh, WhatsApp recordings. There's no tape anymore. Nobody uses tape. Do I use tape? Do you use tape? No. And people call talk about tape recordings. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Well, first of all, I think the authenticity of anything that is presented through the media as opposed to turned over authenticity of it so first attack that it's not the real message i've seen so many um incels talk about this is uh, you know incels yo come on analyze the voice recording come on or to talk to incels you had a sneaky coming yo (laughs) yeah you hear this nigga be coming man Calling niggas incels, dude. That's sick. <laughs> this nigga's calling dudes incels, man. That's sick. That's unacceptable. <laughs> desires or fetishes, but Shut. certainly somebody could easily set someone up by saying they Shut. like, they have certain fantasies, they want certain things done to them or said to them. And so there's a lot that goes into you can't. She's being an effective advocate here. I, I, you know, bat this away. All right, that's it, right? I guess it is. All right. Well, you know, no, it isn't. Hold up. Do people's desires or fetishes, but certainly somebody could easily set someone up by saying they like, they have certain fantasies, they want certain things done to them or said to them. And so there's a lot that goes into you can't. She's being an effective advocate here. I, I, you know, and she has to bat this away. I mean, that's her position, right? So of course she's going to bat this away. And I think she's doing a fantastic job, actually. We have to keep in mind also the judge's reasoning uh, for all this. They explained on the 20th of January that they viewed the particular dangerousness of the defendants and their capacity to identify victims with increased vulnerability in search of better life opportunity. At the moment, there have been no charges against your clients. And until or if that point arrives, 
we're in a world of allegation, not actual charges. Correct. And right now, exactly, there's a presumption of innocence to and that every accused has, and that attaches from the time you're even charged. And here, we're not even there. They haven't even charged them with crimes. So any sort of comments as to the, their alleged dangerousness, there's no... And I do have a problem with them, you know, being held as long as they've been held without a, without charges. And I can't believe they can be held up to 180 days. It, it, that does have an unsavory feel to it. There's no evidence of that. There isn't even a presumption of that. They need to be presumed innocent. And that's that hasn't happened in this case. There's really a lack of evidence and they are being detained unlawfully at this point. Well, that's not true. They are being detained lawfully, but by Romanian law. So they exactly. are following Romanian law. Exactly. By an international standard, that's probably what she's talking about. And I and I, I do agree with her. I mean, you I don't care if it's Andrew Tate or I don't care if it's Charles Manson. I don't care if it's Steve Shakes. You cannot be held, you know, without charging like this. I mean, it's just not the way the Western world does it. It's the way maybe Russia does it. But yeah. So anyway, so this is our reaction to these niggas. This thing is off the hook. He's throwing cheap shots at Russia. He's calling Andrew Tate fans and cells. I mean. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, like I stated last night, I knew it was going to be nothing different with this episode or with this uh, with this video because I grabbed this video and the video by Bruce Rivers uh, two episodes ago. I just never used it until now. But I pretty much had an idea that, you know, these niggas were going to be camping. And a lot of these fanatics are going to have to wake up. But yeah, we're going to go into this next video here. Um, I'm going to think, I'm going to assume that it's uh, AJ's rants and reactions. But uh, let's find out. Okay. Hey guys, AJ here, back with another one. So today we are going to talk about the reasons why. Men that are either on the road to success or men who are successful or men who just want peace in their lives should not date or marry women that are in HR. It's a bad idea, guys. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But, guys, please remember to like, subscribe, drop a comment. It really helps to keep this channel going. But, guys, we all work, well, most of us work in places where there is HR, right? And HR has the reputation of being a bunch of middle-aged, you know, drama, you know, over... Female assassins. That's what they are. Female assassins. They can ruin a man's livelihood, ruin a man's reputation. Not even from actual proof, just from gossip. Word of mouth. These are these are very dangerous individuals. Eight single, bitter, caring, looking women, right? And also known for not doing much, not doing their jobs, you know. And you might ask, well, is this stereotype true? And guys, if you look at the numbers. The average HR worker is a 47-year-old white woman. 
And you look at the stats, 70 plus percent, it's like 71 percent of HR professionals, quote unquote, are female, and then 29 percent are male. And it's funny, guys, because males in HR earn more than females do on average, even though it's a female dominated field. I believe that it's because men tend to work more hours, men ask for more raises, and men will take on these really hard projects and get stuff done. So, Let's jump into the reasons why you should not date a woman that's in HR. Reason number one. Okay, women that are in HR can make some decent cash, right? They start out like like, like 45 grand, and after a couple years, they're making 65K, which is pretty good. They can top out of like 75 or 80K, and then if they get into management, then they, they can make like 100 grand, six figures. That 65K per year is just enough money for them to look down on average guys. Most women want a guy who makes as much or more, right? The average male in the United States earns $51,000 a year. And a lot of those guys are perfectly happy with earning you know, an average salary, going to an average job, whatever, right? So a lot of women will say, oh, you know, this guy might be, you know, I don't know. He works in the warehouse and he's not, he doesn't make as much. I would never date him, blah, 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 blah. So it's just enough money for them to look down on average guys, which gives them that kind of superiority attitude, right? Mm-hmm. So reason number two, and this is a reason from a lot of professions with women. And if you look back on my previous videos about who not to date student loan debt guys it's a big one it's huge like i said before the top out the top range for regular hr professionals about 75k women are women who have 140 to two hundred thousand dollars of worth of student loan debt just to get into hr and make six six 65k. That's crazy. <laughs> I gotta bring that back. Hold up. I gotta bring that back. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> hold up. A lot of professions with women. And if you look back on my previous videos about who not to date, student loan debt, guys, it's, it's a big one. It's huge. Like I said before, <laughs> the Top out the top range for a regular HR professional is about seventy five k. There are women who have a hundred forty to two hundred thousand dollars of worth of student loan debt just to get into HR and make six five k. That's crazy. They're never gonna pay that debt off ever. And they're, they're looking to find you and marry you so that you can pay off their debt. Shambolic. I personally know a woman who majored in something useless and managed to get into HR. And yeah, she earns about 70, 73-ish. Basura. She has 140, 150 grand in student loan debt. Aye, aye, aye. And she hasn't paid it down since she graduated from college like 13 years ago. Basura. So what she's doing is she's looking for some idiot to marry her and help. Hey, man, I'm you close to your father. Not really. 
pay this debt. You guys, the only <laughs> debt that you should be paying down is your own. Oh, boy. Right? Especially high That's interest yeah. debt, like, like student loan debt. Sluts. They made their own bed and they can sleep, sleep, sleep in it. I gotta bring it back. I gotta bring it back in. Y'all gotta bring I gotta bring that shit back again, man. I'm sorry. Oh shit, bro. Spurgin, bro. This nigga's this nigga's spurging out, bro. Hold up. I gotta bring this shit back. Hold up. Oh man. That was great. Hold up. Oh boy. <laughs> so what she's doing is she's looking for some idiot to marry her <laughs> idiot. and help her pay this debt. You guys, the only debt that you should be paying, right? Especially high interest debt, like like student loan debt. They made their own bed and they can sleep, sleep, sleep in it. Now, the next <laughs> I can't, dude. Oh, dude, that's fucking great. Oh, this is incredible. This is incredible. Reason here is mid-range earnings ceiling, which leads back to the first two. When HR is done right, guys, it's a lot of work, right? There's a lot of you know, BS and pay paperwork and ebbs and flows, and off. off Oftentimes, those who are doing this this job, right, they top, top out and it's not enough money for the amount of stress. And we all know that when women get stressed out about work or about pay, who has to hear it? They have to go home and complain to us, right? So oftentimes, they get stuck in these jobs, topped out in pay. And that pays good when you're, you know, 25, but when you're 40, you know, or when you're trying to look down the barrel – Retirement, things don't look too good, right? The next reason is they're always in people's business. That's what. Very accurate with that. That was very accurate. Very accurate. HR is is always being in people's business. I don't care what anyone says. Everywhere that I've worked, HR has always been a mess because there's always been a bunch of women who know everything about everyone, but they're telling people's business or they're judging people based on other people's business. I don't know, but it's foolishness, guys. And the lie detector test determined you are telling the truth. You do not want to be with a woman that's always in everyone's business because she'll always be in your business all the time. And here's another thing too, guys. You, we all know, have been with women that come home and won't shut up about <laughs> their day. Imagine being with a woman that has to fire pe- people, that has to tell people that the armpits or just knows everyone's pay and everything. You're going to have to hear, guess what? This person did this. This person, guys, don't, you don't have to deal with that. Negative. Negative. Basura. Foolishness. Negative. Negative. The next reason they're surrounded by drama at work. 
possible drama was within their HR group or they're surrounded by the drama between management and the aye, rest aye. of the staff. Aye, aye, aye. There's always drama, always. And that there's a certain type of personality that goes into HR and stays there for a long time. And that's that person that's okay with being in that drama. Mm-hmm. And that's not the type of person that you want in your life when you're trying to build. It's not because drama is the opposite of structure, of order, of all the things that it takes for you to become successful. It's basically chaos. They're surrounded by chaos, right? Which leads to the last reason. There's a certain archetype of woman that usually goes into a HR and then stays in HR. Okay? These 46, 47 year old Karen looking women, they're, they, there's a reason why they've been in this job for this long. It's because there's a certain attitude that makes you want to sit, sit there and be that person that has to tell, that has to fire people, that has to, um, um, tell people that they microwave fish dishes in the microwave and all this other stuff. So there's a certain archetype of that person. And that archetype usually isn't a pleasant per- person. It's not an understanding per- person. It's not a person that that is generally fun or positive to be around. That is the seasoned HR worker is a person that's not fun and can't really add positively to your life as a man that's just trying to fight the world. So guys, I don't know, let me know if, if you've had any issues dating with dating girls who are in HR. Let me know how the HR department at your job is. Is it? All right, so <clears throat> to, be, to be direct, most of the jobs that I've had within the past five to eight years have been in workplaces where 70, easily 70% of the staff were in fact um, women. You know what I mean? In fact, most, including coworkers, the only men were usually the supervisors and people that were in charge of the building. Staff-wise, majority women. So as a man, it's like an unwritten rule that you got to be on your P's and Q's at all times. Because interaction, fraternizing with bitches at the workplace can really damage um, your means of income. And these bitches aren't worth a check, let's just be honest. Regardless of what work you do, none of these bitches are worth a check consistent you know what I mean they're not they're not giving you unlike employment these bitches aren't giving you benefits okay they're not giving you benefits there's no 401k dealing with these hoes you know what I mean why risk that just to deal with a bitch at the workplace for what like seriously, some some people, some guys, they put themselves in those situations where they become, you know, a victim of HR. 
sexual harassment claim, immediate discipline towards men. You are essentially guilty until proven innocent. You are guilty until proven innocent. And then by the time you're considered innocent, would you really want to go back to a job that would just vilify you from hearsay, from gossip? Something to think about. Foolishness too, because mine certainly is. But all right, you guys, a little bit of a... Okay, that's the end of the video anyway. Shout out to AJ's rants and reactions. This nigga was spurging out, so good video. Otherwise... Um, we're going to go into this last portion here, and this is, uh, I think like 17 minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Uh, go to my fucking playlist here. Now, this is about 12 minutes. Um, do I got to open this shit back up again? Sure I do. Cause I can't pronounce the fucking name. I'm not going to try to, so I'm just going to spell it out. B-E-U-T-T-O. The video is called The Mating Crisis. Why the Dating Market is Doomed. All right? Let's get it. Something bad is beginning to unfold in economically developed nations. The more I think about this, the more I feel like we might be totally fucked. Men are abandoning colleges at a rapid rate. An NYU professor says fewer men going to college will lead to a mating crisis with the U.S. producing too many broke and alone men. This is really not good for society. Like it or not, a four-year college degree is required for entry to the upper echelon of America. Women with college degrees don't want to partner with men who don't have a college degree. The mating inequality that's going to come out of this dearth of men in college poses an existential risk to our economy and our society. As women continue to excel in education and the workplace alike, an ever-increasing number of the male population are withdrawing. In the last 10 years, the number of men between the ages of 18 and 30 reporting no sex in the last year has tripled. And the worrying thing is that this could so easily lead to a violent storm. I see where this is going, guys. I want to apologize for those men right away because I didn't know that this was going to, going to go this way. But apparently, because of men not wanting to participate in relationships and dating women, they have to jump to the conclusion that these are going to be the violent, incel, school shooter type of people. And no, these are just people that are learning to go their own way. So all this criticism, I'm just saying this right away. I don't agree or disagree. I'm going to be very non-biased about this and just give my point of view. But it's not sounding good with how this is going. It's not sounding good. The most dangerous person in the world is a broke and a lone male. And we are producing too many of them. The future for relationships between men and women is starting to look bleak. If men don't kill themselves, they're exiting education and society and family life at the highest rates ever. Women are frantically pursuing careers only to discover that they're unable to find a partner that they're attracted to and then jump on meds at 40 years old. And then the people who want kids can't find a partner that does as well. Birth rates declining, faith in the leaders and the news organizations non-existent and everyone's just about sufficiently sedated not to notice or care that it's going up 
that's a precise and accurate summary of how the West has declined and will collapse, yes. Fuck. How did we arrive at this point? In the not-too-distant past, marriage preceded sex, and young women were sold by their families to eligible men of equal or superior social status. These young women had little say in the matter, and once they were married, they remained dependent on their husband's earnings until they died. The lives of both men and women were extremely tough. Most men suffered grueling days in the fields, earning very little money, and most women suffered grueling days in the home, earning no money. Women tended to their children, but also to domestic duties, which back then were far more difficult and time-consuming. The technologies we take for granted today, like the vacuum cleaner, electric washing machine, dishwasher, and so on, had yet to come to humanity's aid, even when the Industrial Revolution... So it becomes, you know, women being a victim. <coughs> you know, next they're going to be talking about niggas backhanding bitches back in the day. Like, look, man, I don't know nothing about that time. I only know what I am experiencing. Whatever else I research would just be secondhand information. Unless that person has literally went through those times. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'm not liking how this is going, but we're going to play it anyway. Was in full swing, many households, especially those in rural areas, still didn't have running tap water. But everything changed in the 20th century. In the United States, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, ratified in the year of 1920, permitted women the right to vote, and a series of technological advancements followed, which began to turn the tide. Chief among these developments were the electric washing machine and the birth control pill. The introduction of the pill caused a tremendous social shift. Unmarried women were able to have sex without getting pregnant, which is enormously significant because you didn't have to get married to have sex. <laughs> She belongs to the streets. Or you didn't have to risk an abortion. Control over the reproductive process, and the women were free to pursue educational and economic success for the first time in history. Marriage became a matter of choice, as opposed to a social or economic necessity. By 1970, 50% of single women and 40% of married women were participating in the labor force. And 1981 was the last year that more men than women graduated from a four-year undergraduate program. Now, 60 years after the release of the birth control pill, young women are steaming ahead. In the UK, women in their 20s earn, on average, 1,100 more per annum than their male counterparts, and they're doing way better than them on the educational front. What's happened is that males have fallen rapidly behind females at every stage of the education system and in every advanced economy in the world on pretty much every measure you can look at girls are ahead of boys and that's increasingly true even in things like math and science nobody predicted that once girls and women caught up with boys and men that they would keep going and that we would now have a bigger gender gap in higher education than we did 50 years ago just the other way around after centuries of men dominating the economy most of the job growth is in industries where women traditionally work, and those jobs require more education. The latest piece of data is that women are dominating college enrollment. In a few years, two women will earn a degree for every one man. 
In fairness, many young men are dodging college with good reason. The typical graduate of a four-year university is going to walk into their first job with $26,000 in debt. And all too often, that college degree, which was supposed to promise a stable middle-class life, is falling far short of expectations. About a third of the nation's colleges leave students high and dry, earning less after obtaining their degree than the typical high school graduate 10 years after graduation. I mean, come on. The student loans and all that shit, that should speak for itself. Really? Somewhere around 40% of college grads are underemployed. That means they're working in jobs that do not actually require a four-year degree. But the fact remains that adults with a bachelor's degree earn an average of $2.8 million during their careers. 1.2 million more than the median for workers with a high school diploma. Think about how many jobs that have nothing to do with college still require a degree. And from there, that's just the entry point. Media, economics, politics, law, business, almost all professional jobs today require a college degree. It's simply a bare minimum to even get a shot at competing. Ultimately, it all depends on the individual college and student, respectively. A declining male presence in higher education suggests that men are on the road to becoming less competitive in the economic sphere than before. And that's bad news for the dating market. Why? Because women are hypergamous, which means that they're biologically wired to select sexual partners who are as competent or more competent than they are. So, I mean, I guess there's some alternative that he's going to address, but if anything, that's something that is more positive for a man than negative. Because at the very least, he knows what he's dealing with. He knows how these women are going to come. And a lot of these guys choose to not interact. A lot of these guys choose to not participate. A lot of these guys, like I've said time and time again, are leaving the country. A lot of these bitches don't like that. But they better get used to it. Because it's either that or it's men going their own way. Going along with marriage as if marriage was what it used to be is a very dangerous move and a very dangerous decision to make going forward. With a lot of these risks, very few reward, there's going to be a lot of guys who choose to not participate. Hypergamy is a good thing, for if our female ancestors had been inclined to have sex with and reproduce with, men who were unable to defend or acquire resources for them, our species probably would have died out a very long time ago. But see, the thing is, when women become the higher achieving sex in the social order, hypergamy prevents many men and women from finding suitable mates, because a large pool of women find attraction in only a very small pool of highly promising or successful men. I just want to know why it is so hard to find a guy that I'm attracted to isn't an asshole. Where did all the good men go? Can someone tell? She belongs to the streets. When women start talking like that, you already know what it's hitting for. Another 304 slut. Okay, you already know what it's hitting for, all right? You should already know. Matter of fact, future, one more time. She belongs to the streets. Basura. Tell me where I can find a decent, Basura. loyal, funny, good-looking guy around here. Negative. This reality is playing Negative. out on modern dating apps like Tinder. Data reveals that men swipe right on about Negative. 60% of female profiles, Ugh. whereas women swipe right on only 4% of male profiles. On account. 
that being scarcely available, these few desirable men are free to set the rules of the dating game. And as the renowned evolutionary psychologist David Buss said in 2015, Research overwhelmingly shows that men harbor, on average, a greater desire for sexual partner variety. So what you see, where there is a surplus of women and a scarcity of men, is more casual dating, because the men get to make the rules. If there are fewer men than there are women, the women have to compete, and the only way that they can compete is by playing the game that the men want. This sexual paradigm has long been referred to as hookup culture, and it often sees attractive women moving from one short-term relationship to another, unable to desire to committed, long-term, monogamous relationships. I don't know how I always end up in the exact same situation. It's always great. And I feel like these people like me, I'm like, wow, like I'm finally clicking with somebody. And then... She belongs to the streets. It's always the same thing. They're not in a place where they are looking for a relationship. She belongs to the streets. Other things that are more important. And I'm just like, oh. like, I'm never good enough. <laughs> Every single Another 304 slot. <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah, I want a relationship. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, I'm just looking for the right person. I'm so loyal. Like, I just want a relationship. We have a really good date, and then I just don't hear from them again. Or I do fight a couple of ghosts. Like, I've seriously fucking had enough. Oh. <laughs> I've been for the rest of my life. There was a time aye, when aye. if men wanted to have sex, they had to marry you. Whereas now, the price of sex is Netflix chill so the standards have changed and we've allowed them to change because we wanted to prove that we could do it just as bad as the boys she belongs to the streets and there you go what do i always say these women they emulate men they try to emulate and be like men to make a statement to start a movement and what has it really gotten them at the end of the day now only but a few of these bitches really cash out on this shit only but a few all these other bitches, they're like posers. They're just they're just following trends. That's all it is. And they're bummy. It's disgusting. Despicable. Basuda. Trifling. And I think that that is backfiring. Yep. So what is a quite distorted Treachery. sexual marketplace? If you have more lax rules around casual sex before marriage and birth control, which means that you can have sex without fear of having children, that means that women can have sex with high-value men who are perhaps higher value than they would usually have access to, which then skews their goals moving forward about who they want to be in a long-term relationship with. Because when they were sleeping with these really attractive guys, they thought, okay, this person is attracted to me because I'm on his level, not knowing that men drastically reduce their standards when it comes to casual situations. Yeah, they're just, they're just, you know, they're a skis. They're, they're you know, they're a one-nighter. They're nothing special. But what it does, it's an, it inflates these women's egos. So because they have this attractive guy pumping and dumping her, she feels that she's capable of relationships with that guy outside of just the short-term wham-bam, thank-you-ma'am activities. 
you have this experience with this guy and it was a fantastic experience and you head over heels for him, you want to replicate that experience in the next sort of relationships you have. But if that guy that you're dating doesn't quite reach that standard, you're never going to be happy. Men, on the other hand, are struggling not only to find long-term partners, but even to have sex at all. Sadly, many have become too apathetic and devoid of confidence to even bother trying. I feel like possibly my self-esteem is like so low that I've subconsciously ruled out the possibility of ever like getting a girlfriend or whatever. Generally speaking, the only people who are soon frequently benefiting from this state of affairs are the limited number of high-status men. That top slice of playboys, they're having simultaneous relationships all back-to-back. It's great for them in the short term. It's rubbish for the other men, and it's also rubbish for the women because you end up with women who actually really want to have loving, intimate, monogamous relationships, and they don't feel like they can. If other groups keep allowing us to the streets, are in fact gaining from this condition is primarily those in the middle and upper classes. Studies have suggested that hookup culture is in fact predominantly a middle class phenomenon. And the further you are up the socioeconomic scale, the more likely you are to be able to enjoy and you know get something out of the. Dis- Look, I've said this before. There's dating apps, and then there's hookup apps. Now, these are, in fact, the same apps. Bumble, Plenty of Fish, all these these dating apps are hookup apps, depending on who you are to a woman as a man. If you're higher up on a sexual market value, oh, you can get away with a lot more things. It's no longer a dating app. It's a hookup. When you're average, below average, subhuman, <laughs> as they would say, I, I, I'm only taking that from uh, some black pillar. He says it. If you're subhuman, if you're if you're below five, you're subhuman. You're a peon. You're you're a nobody. You're gonna know that you are on a dating app. You're trying to find a date. These other guys, they go onto those same apps. They're trying to hook up. See, there's a there's a huge difference depending on who you are as a man on these dating apps. And there's only but a few men who can be with three or four women at a time. A lot of guys, the other guys who are pretty much in the 80% slash 90%, yeah, they're not they're not measuring up to a woman's expectations. But a woman don't really have shit going on herself to even have the expectations to begin with. But the further down the socioeconomic scale you go, the more likely that is to result in chaotic lives, eking out an existence with four kids by four dads and a fly-by-night partner who beats up your children when you're not looking. It's not <laughs> obvious to me that that's somehow intrinsically better than a slightly met marriage to somebody you stopped fancying after 10 years. As things stand, loneliness and frustration reign in an increasingly atomized world. Our society is cultivating a densely populated underclass of men who are destined to remain penniless and alone their entire lives. And those are the guys who cause problems because they're faced with possibly being zeros in the evolutionary race. And so they are willing to take big risks in order to catapult themselves up the status hierarchy and have a chance to get into the marriage and mating market. And beyond the threat of violence is the problem of population collapse. 
probably the biggest myth that exists right now is this overpopulation myth where in fact we have a population collapse problem. Like you have no idea how fast the population is going to collapse. If fewer people are reproducing, next generation you have fewer people to reproduce as fewer people are reproducing. Yeah. And, it... and then fewer consumers. See, this, this is big. Fewer, fewer consumers. This is how the corporations look at us. If there's not many people being produced, then who are they aiming their market after? You see what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, I think they're going about it the wrong way. I think it's only seeing one-sided against those men without true understanding of what's genuinely going on. Where it's, when guys talk about looks don't matter, like I mentioned that in the last video. With Lonnie Spence, it's easy for a guy who's above a six, above a seven to tell you that looks don't matter for the obvious reasons, right? So when I see it constantly occur where there's more guys who speak from this sort of red pill lens or speak from this red pill perspective, it's very difficult to take them serious when after they say looks don't matter, they mention game and frame just like a PUA. You see what I'm saying? So that that to me, like, looks in fact matter. Women have, our society have made it acceptable for a woman to be obese, uh, for a woman to be unstable and still demand high-value men. Society has made that acceptable. You cannot call a woman out for being delusional. You see what I'm saying? But she can call you out and saying that you're not making six figures. You know, you don't have the fancy car, et cetera, et cetera. And this bitch is barely functioning on a day-to-day basis. Despicable. Lifespan is increasing. That's the only reason why the population of Earth isn't plummeting, but it will plummet. The birth rate in the U.S. has been below replacement rate since like 71 or 72. Japan actually went down by 600,000 people last year. So you're saying people need to be having more kids? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know a lot of people who have like no kids. Like how many kids do you guys have? I don't know. I got no kids. I mean, now we know. None of you guys have mm-hmm. What the fuck? At the present rate, there'll be a striking absence of the young people necessary to uphold our society in 50 years' time. And so, if the mating crisis in our society isn't fixed, it may be a very dark road ahead. Well, makes sense with everything going on, right? You got two opposing ends. You have feminism promoting hookup culture. You have, you know, the same feminism that at one time celebrated the pill, celebrated abortions. It's just a whole bunch of fuckery, right? But now it's on a higher level where they're finally seeing the men react. This is like I said in the last episode. They're starting to to witness men react and have a voice and an opinion about it. And there's so many guys who are used to sugarcoating and babying bitches that I'm fucking sick and tired of it. When y'all start seeing to to a lot of y'all bitches, to a lot of women in general, when you start seeing men 
uh, talk more about leaving the country and doing this and doing that. Don't question them. Question the women around them. Don't question him. Because he's only going to be a microcosm of what is actually going on. Like, there's going to be a multitude of men leaving the country. I'm telling you. Now, childbirth, the thing about that is when you look at childbirth in itself today, it's mostly, you know, broken families, child, children being raised in broken families, um, children being raised in a single mother household. And we see the cause and effect of that, regardless of what race, we see the cause and effect of that. Okay. But if you know your history, you know that men have been designed to be sort of excluded from the family in order for these women to get these government programs and benefits. That's been in, you know, that's been known. You know, and a lot of the women have sold out the men in order to have these, you know, benefits for her going. And it's still something and it's still a tactic that's being used today. Sperm jacking, all this other, you know, type of madness. It's disgusting. It's despicable. Treacherous, trifling, and just absolutely absurd women. Not all, but a good portion of y'all trifling. All right. But uh, I, I would say this. I will say this. Um, the best thing a man can do, and this is just from my personal perspective, I'm sure a PUA will tell you to buy their course. I'm sure a dating coach would tell you to uh, join their Zoom call. But um, you should pretty much be at a point to where you're comfortable in your own company. When you have that, when you have that mindset to just want to be around someone, you're more than likely to make irrational decisions. You're actually, uh, you're actually more than likely to make stupid decisions, right? You'll be seen as desperate with the decisions that you make, right? With a lot of guys who haven't been in relationships in like two or three years, the first person that gives them attention, they they lose themselves. Damn near forcing themselves on a bitch. You see what I'm saying? Like, I I I don't have the same mindset that I had previously about relationships. And I think that's not because of necessarily the information, but the information has a lot to do with it. It's just the idea of growth, realizing that, you know, what a lot of these men don't realize, these nice guys don't realize it, that, you know, these women aren't sugar spice and everything nice. And, you know, some of these bitches, some of these bitches use their looks against you. They can weaponize themselves. And like I said, they're social shapeshifters. They're actual, they're capable of being actual chameleons. 
That's why when you hear a lot of these women talk about where are the good men, that lets you know that she's been with a lot of men. Because the narrative is she's been with a lot of men. And out of all those men, they're not good men. You see what I mean? They're not. So she's been with a multitude of men. And out of all these men, she wasn't able to find anybody. Anybody. So she'll make herself a victim by claiming that out of all these men, all of the men that she she was with, that she chose to be with, that she chose to sleep with because she's the gatekeeper of sex, treated her badly, treated her poorly. You got a lot of single mothers talking, talking cash shit about the baby's father. Oh, he's this, he's that, he's abusive. Bitch, you chose to sleep with that man. You chose to have a child with that man. And that's why... From my perspective, I don't advise men to deal with single mothers. Because one way or another, you're going to have to deal with the baby's father. She's probably fucking the baby's father. Whole bunch of fuckery. Any and everything. It's no holds bar. No holds bar when you deal with a, a single mother. No holds bar. Okay? Despicable. Basura. But yeah, we're close to an hour and... Um, 22 minutes in. Ending off this episode uh, with the Tay situation, you know, not really surprised about the situation. It's like now it's it's more, like I said, from my way of thinking, it's more of the tax evasion that's going to be a problem. See, he's probably in his mouth, in his mind, he's thinking about the bitches, but he should be really thinking about the tax evasion. And the money laundering and all that possibilities of that. Because that's what I think these motherfuckers are really being detained for. I think just the icing on the cake is the allegations. But hey, that's all I got to say. So in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode of the Crimson Capsule Chapel signing out. Peace.